It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to the semi-final championship round of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. And with me, as always, our other fantasy IDP analyst over at FantasyPoints.com, Mr. Thomas Simons. Thomas, what's going on tonight? Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except for my mouse. The waiver wire was checked with nothing but care in hopes another championship would soon be there. I'm doing well, Justin. How about yourself? <laughs> that sounded like Vincent Price reading the uh, <laughs> Christmas. Thriller! <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We're, um, I can't believe it's the semifinals already. Um, and, uh, Week 16. Just like that, man. Just like that. Uh, and uh, speaking of which, we already have one game in the books. What would you think of that Thursday night affair? It, you know, it, there were some weird things that went on in this game. It, for a while there, it just looked like a blowout for the Rams. Um, but the Rams' defense really truly showed their colors when they allowed uh, the Saints to get within eight points. I mean, the Rams' defense is decent, but they're not as good as they seem to be. I mean, when you see how they were up – you know, as many points as they were. I mean, I believe they were up thirty to, or at least twenty-seven to, to seven, and yeah, twenty-seven. 20 yeah, it's and 27 you know, the the thing is, look, Aaron Donald is this guy is incredible. He's on the verge of maybe retiring after this year. Yes, may may have another year. Who knows? But when you watch how the Saints spent the whole game double teaming him, and that created so many other opportunities for guys like Ernest Jones and Kobe Turner to, to you know, to get after Derek Carr and, and, and rack up some sacks. They spent the whole game double teaming Donald. Now, one other thing that caught my eye was on the Saints side of the ball. Demario Davis put a, a, a hit on Cooper Cup and he dinged Cup's left arm, but he also hurt his hand and had to leave the game. And when he did, they had to bring a helmet out a special helmet with a green dot on it for Pete Werner. And Werner had to wear that, that helmet for one play. And then Davis comes running back out with a, a spare helmet to give to Warner, uh, Werner so that he had to take off the green dot because now Davis is wearing the green dot. It just shows you how weird it is with that whole green dot business. And can you imagine having to wear two different helmets in a game when you're one player or green dot next day, you know, you're not, that's gotta be weird. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably hard to get into a solid rhythm uh, for the game. Uh, speaking of Davis and Werner, um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about how the Rams attacked uh, the Saints. They attacked them mostly through the air. I mean, obviously, Kyron Williams still had a pretty strong game, but most most of their damage was done uh, through the air. Obviously, tons and tons of uh, yardage uh, for both Stafford and uh, all three of their receivers. That aerial attack of the Rams resulted in five of the top six tacklers on New Orleans being defensive backs. Uh, so keep that in mind when you see that Demario Davis had six tackles and Pete Werner had five. Um, you know that's that's what's going to happen when 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 the game kind of unfolds this way with 
the Saints kind of roaring back and keeping this um, a tighter game. Basically, the Rams never took their foot off the gas, and there, we didn't get that second half where we thought that the Rams would be running the ball a lot just to chew the clock down. That only happened basically, literally in the very last drive. So, uh, and one other note, uh, one of that I said five of six top tacklers. The the outlier was uh, uh, defensive end Carl Granderson, who had yet another monster game. If you started Granderson, you're off to a very good start uh, in your semifinal round. He had eight tackles and a sack. Another monster game for him you know it's funny how you you mentioned the fact that the the rams had a huge aerial attack against them well when you take a look at the statistics and and yes you brought up a very valid point that a lot of their rushes came in that last series but they did throw the ball 34 times and ran it 32 times so they're statistically when you look at it on paper it seems like a very balanced attack but yeah you're right it just seemed like for a while there he he had uh, Stafford had how many straight completions and guys like uh, Puka Nakua were just eating them up alive and then all of a sudden Kyrene Williams got hot and that was the end of it and once they started doing that it was play from behind for the Saints the whole time yeah, crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of coaches work to um, have uh, what what is seemingly a balanced um, attack in terms of their offense on paper. This helps um, prevent other other teams from from getting a good sense of how to predict what what they're going to do. Uh, and so, w- when teams get out to a solid lead, they'll often shift into some things that helps the basically helps their numbers uh for people scouting like okay we'll see in third and nine how often did the rams throw versus run oh it looks like about 50 50 but you know it doesn't really turn out to be that way so um you know off we'll see a lot of that with different offenses um you know whether it be uh, you know, whatever is working, sometimes they'll they'll do a little bit of the opposite of that just to balance out the sheet. Although tonight, pretty much everything was working for the Rams, at least on the yeah, offensive side. At of least the ball. early on, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so let's well, start. We in. go into yeah, yeah. Let's do yeah. it. You want to get started? <laughs> sure. I'll start with Alex Singleton. Okay. Once again, Singleton made fantasy owners pull their hair out down to the roots. Another frustrating performance as he posted just three solos and two assists along with a pass defended. Now, well, Josie Jewell led the team with nine total tackles. The sad part about this is Singleton took every defensive snap, and Joel, uh, Jewell just took 71%. This is the Singleton roller coaster ride we have been harping on and warning uh, our subscribers about all season long. Now, I, from the limited um, film work that I did on this game with Singleton, it seemed like every time that a play went up the middle towards him, he got engaged in an offensive lineman and couldn't unlock that. And and that's one of the reasons why his tackle totals were down is that he couldn't disengage from the blocks. Yeah, and uh, as, as we see, you know, there, there are so many factors that go into whether or not a guy's going to have a good week or not. Sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes it's offensive game planning. And then you have to remember – these guys are great players, but even they have good and bad games w- within their right. own 
set. And I think that's what we did see. But more often than not, Singleton's going to come through for us. So uh, I'm with you. This is just one of those. Yeah, and you know, and he tends to he tends to have these bad games, as we have noted, and that, you know, the, these are the this is the time of year where you have to be leery of these these bad bumps in the road. But he does have a tendency also of rebounding from a bad game with a eight to 10 total tackle out uh, performance. So this could happen this week. You know, it, it obviously there's some things have to fall your way and it's tough to rely on him at this point in time, but he's shown that he, he can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to talk a little, uh, give you a little bit of, of warning about Brian Branch, the slot defender. He's the, he's the Detroit Lions' main slot defender. He's been somebody who can pretty much do everything uh, back there for them. Um, but the last two games, he's played fifty-two percent and seventy-two percent of the snaps, uh, which is a which is a big drop off from his every down role. Um, that and the fact that CJ Gardner Johnson might return this week. I know Thomas, you've got some news on that later. Uh, this makes branch really hard to trust, uh, in the semifinal round this week. So, um, I would not be surprised like if, you, if you've got a, a more stable option than Brian branch, I think you got to use him this week. I don't think, I don't think we can trust him. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, Quinnen Williams, defensive lineman for the Jets, has a great matchup this weekend with, as he faces the Commanders, who have allowed the third highest number of sacks to opponents this year with 59. Now, Washington is allowing an average of over four sacks per game, and Williams should extend his current sack streak to of uh, half a sack or more in three straight games to a fourth game. Now, there is some question mark at quarterback for the Commanders. Joby, uh, Jacoby Brissett could start over Sam Howell. That could change um, the sack opportunities um, only because that Brissett is a little more mobile than uh, Howell, but I would still go with Williams if I could. Um, in positive news in terms of snaps, I, um, I want to talk a little bit about J- Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I was reading today that uh, Browns DC Jim Schwartz is planning to make JOK an every down linebacker this week. Um, he's been kind of building toward this over the past month or so, playing really well. Uh, finally, like, you know, usually he's nicked up um, in seasons past, misses, missed games. They've been waiting for him to become an every down linebacker for the last couple of years. But um, if you believe what he's saying, and I and I do, I believe he's going to be an every down linebacker this week. So if you've got uh, JOK and you've been waiting for him to have kind of have this bust out um, game, it could be this week because he should play every down. Edge rusher Bradley Chubb recorded his second multiple sack outing of the season last week against the Jets. Now he led the team with seven total tackles as he posted five solos, two assists, three sacks two tackles for a loss, three QB hits, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. That's a mouthful and a stat sheet full when you think about it. Chubb now has nine and a half sacks on the season. His opponent this week is Dallas, and they allowed three sacks on the road last week in week 15. Uh, Here's one for you, Tom. Um, I'm curious if, if you have a feel for whether or not Jamal Adams plays this week, and if he does, if you think he's going to play over 80%. Um, uh, because I'm looking at Julian Love. I mean, he had a great game last week. I think he was a big reason on the defensive side, at least, how they were able to pull out that victory. I, I'm expecting him to have an every-down role again this week. 
Every time he's had an every down roll in this season, he's produced at a DB2 clip. Um, but some of that is up in the air with Adams. I know he hasn't practiced yet. Uh, any feel for 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 Adams' availability this week? Well, if you follow Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is a player's coach. He's he's going to talk the talk. He's going to give you the, the lovey-dovey side of things, and he's going to fluff as much as he can on any of his players, not just Jamal Adams, but just about anybody he has. He wants to protect them. The, the problem that you have with Adams is that he he is really a liability in pass coverage, and that's what they've been using him um, as in this Seahawks defense. And they obviously last week they they sat him down, and didn't play him, using his knee injury as a, the reason why they did this. And the the fact is, as you saw in that Monday night game, which was a heck of a game, and I got to the the great opportunity of working it. The, the fact is the Seahawks defense did so much better without Adams in the lineup. And Julian Love, just as you mentioned, was just very explosive and dominant and was a huge fantasy IDP. Uh, if I were to to answer your question in, in the out in the final say, I would say that Adams does not play. And there is talk that there's a possibility they may shut him down this season. And if he does play, I think he's only going to be used in the box area and will not do any pass coverage because he's, he's become too much of a liability. Gotcha. So I'm going to move on to Carolina and talk about J.C. Horn, who's gotten hot uh, lately. He has five or more total tackles in three consecutive games. Now, he may not supply a ton of big plays, but he does have two pass defended in in those three outings. Horn could have a decent uh, game this week. So if you have an opportunity to use him, I would, but I wouldn't go out and get him just to use him. But if you do have him, this is not a bad game to play him. Yeah, I agree with that. A um, couple other guys I'm happy to use this week. I think the Giants have the kind of defense that the Eagles should be able to abuse in what would be a a, a much needed get right game for them this week. So, um, be, you know, beyond the Eagles' struggle on offense, when they play well, they produce a ton of of tackle opportunities for defensive backs, safeties in particular as well as linebackers. So it's a good week um, to keep running out Xavier McKinney and Bobby Okereke. Um, uh, and I'm also a little okay with using guys like Jason Pennock and, and Micah McFadden, but may, may, mainly Okereke and McKinney this week for me against the Eagles. T.J. Watt recorded his fifth, yes, his fifth multiple sack outing of the season last week. He now has a half a sack or more in seven of his last eight games and 16 total sacks on the year. He faces the Bengals, and he posted two sacks against them just four weeks ago. So look for Watt to have another big day. The uh, the Colts and the Falcons game, to me, this is a game that looks like it might be one of the most productive for IDPs uh, of the week. Um, both are top five in pace and top 10 in plays per game, and both teams should be running the ball a ton. Uh, the Colts got Jonathan Taylor back. Uh, so because of that, I'm expecting a lot of uh, IDP production on both sides of the ball. So if you've got a Colt or a Falcon and you've got some start-sit questions, I would lean with either of those uh, teams. I'm expecting a lot of tackles on both sides. 
do it, you're going to probably face this question. Both of us will probably face this question from subscribers. Do you think that that Zaire Franklin is going to rebound from another poor outing? It seems like with EJ Speed plays, the team wants to use Speed, and he's the one that become has become the main focus in the middle now. Obviously, Shaquille Leonard is gone. He's with Philadelphia. And Franklin, since the bye week, when Speed plays, Franklin has more assists than he does tackles, and he doesn't seem to gain that many uh fantasy production uh, opportunities for owners out there. Do you think that Zaire Franklin is a risk or a reward this week? Well, I mean, obviously he's a a risk at at a certain level just because of, for exactly the reason that you mentioned. Uh, Last week, however, was a weird game. Uh, uh, They only played 56 snaps. Uh, you know, in, in total, uh, playing playing Pittsburgh, uh, and and they beat them handily, uh, and and Pittsburgh offense was was pretty much all over the place. Uh, so, I'm expecting him to bounce back. I know, you know, he had 14 tackles the week before. Before that, he had I think it was like six tackles or seven tackles, kind of in that area. It's been a little bit uh, up and down, but uh, I, you know, I think he's going to be more like. I have a hard time believing he's going to hit this 14, 15 tackle mark he hit at the, you know, was hitting with regularity throughout most right. of the beginning of the season. Right. But prior I'm, to the bye week, yes. Yeah, exactly. But but I, I've got him on the higher side of that uh, seven to nine range. So I've got him kind of like eight to 10 tackles. I think he's going to be fine for us this week, particularly considering the, the opponent, particularly considering that he's facing the Falcons. Uh, I just think he, it was a combination of having speed there and also just a, a, a poor offensive output by Pittsburgh that really kind of slowed things down for a guy like uh, Zaire. Well, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm in a semifinal game, and this league I'm in has a full blown 32 player roster, and we play full position uh, IDP as well as offense. And my linebackers are Eric Kendricks. Um, I have Zaire Franklin, and. Um, I have and uh, Alex Anzalone, and I have Jordan Hicks possibly coming back along with Duke Riley. Out of those players, do you start Franklin over um, somebody like Anzalone, or if Hicks is active, do you play him over him? Ooh, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to get to Eric Kendricks uh, in, in in just a little bit in this segment because I've got some some information on him uh, in terms of his matchup. Uh, I think I would start him over Jordan Hicks because uh, I'm not exactly sure how much he comes back and plays. Obviously, uh, I with the uncertainty uh, over over whether whether or not Hicks immediately gets an every down roll. I'd rather have Zaire Franklin, particularly in such a plus matchup. Because I think, you know, even if he has kind of a bad game, he's going to get six to eight tackles. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, who knows how much Hicks plays and also how Brian Flores is going to deploy. You know, when they play a ton of zone, Hicks does well. Um, when they play a ton of man, Hicks will have lower ta- will ta- have lower tackle right. numbers. So, uh, And I know they like to play more man with Hicks than they did with um, – uh, 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 pace, but it's, it'll be, it'll be, uh, to me, there's a, there's too much uncertainty about whether or not Hicks plays an every down role to make me definitely lean towards Zaire Franklin in, in, in that regard. But I'll have notes on, uh, uh, uh Eric Kittrick's here coming up soon. So for the th- third time this season, defensive lineman Danico Autry on, um, 
Tennessee recorded multiple sacks in a game, uh, and he did that last week his his third time. Now, he's accomplished this feat twice in the last four games. Autry quietly has 11 total tackles in 2020, or excuse me, 11 total sacks in 2023. In week 16, Autry gets the Seahawks at home, and Seattle is allowing over two sacks a game. So there's a possibility Autry could pop you a, a sack in this week. Yeah, Autry's a guy who both you and I, I think, are are um, have 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 been pretty underrated. You you've been a, a champion of his for for quite a while. It's nice to see him him uh, come up big when we need him. So uh, yeah, yeah, and that the, Tennessee defense is battered. Jeffrey Simmons has not and I'll mention this in in the injury report. There's a lot of those players on that defense that are not practicing this week and are questionable. Yeah. Um, so uh, another. Uh, interesting uh, kind of not really changing of the guard, but but uh, but a player who emerged last week that some of us weren't expecting. When Jamin Davis went on IR and uh, Cody Barton came back, we all assumed that it would be David Mayo who has filled in for both Barton and Davis, um, you know, multiple times throughout the season. But it wasn't David Mayo; it was Kaliki Hudson who who started. Uh, he had a really strong day. Um, some of this might allude to you know. Thomas, you're always good about uh, reminding us of this, is that as we get closer toward the end of the season, some of these teams who, who don't have Super Bowl aspirations are going to start making moves, whether it be IR decisions or start or, or starting decisions, because uh, they're already thinking of 2024, 2025. Uh, so uh, this could be a case here. But Hudson started last week, had, had a strong game. This matchup is fascinating. Uh, if you followed Fantasy Points at all on any of his social media, You've probably seen this, uh, but but if not, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it up here. This is the league's worst offense in the Jets going up against the league's worst defense in the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to give. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 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 movable object and the stoppable force. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but I do think the Jets will get something going uh, in this game. I'm not saying it's going to be a, you know, uh, they're going to throw up uh, 40 points, but I do think they can get things going against this Washington team, which means I do think that these Washington IDPs will produce this week. And hopefully that also means a bounce back game from Cameron Curl, who's had a couple of duds lately. So as you mentioned, it's that time of year when unknowns start getting their chance to display their talents for teams that are no longer in the playoff hunt. And one such player, as you mentioned, is Washington's Hudson. He started last week and posted a team-leading 14 total tackles. Now, he had a solid eight solo six assists along with a tackle for a loss. Now, if you're looking for a last-minute replacement in a tackle-heavy scoring system, for your fantasy playoffs, Hudson's a very strong candidate for the very reasons you just pointed out. That the Jets' offense should be a a it should at least have some form of you know production going on and and be able to move the ball and and give them fantasy point or fantasy chances uh, on the defensive side for the Commanders. Now, other notable youngsters who couldn't see increased playing time. In order for, for uh, excuse me, coaching staffs to evaluate them are players as as follows: linebacker Nick Herbig on Pittsburgh, 
safety Sidney Brown on Philadelphia, safety uh, Jai, uh, Jair Brown on San Francisco, and safety uh, slash cornerback Jartavius Martin of Washington. Keep an eye out for youngsters and players uh, on teams that are pretty much going nowhere fast this year. And you're going to find that your normal starters, if you have starters on teams that are not bound for the playoffs and are already eliminated, you got to be careful because they may end up losing Using snap uh, snaps this week as teams do some re, uh, some evaluating. Absolutely, and and this we talked a little bit about it earlier in this podcast, but this, uh, that underscores a great point, which is that now is not the time to take chances on players who um, n- whose roles might shift around some, or player coming back from injury, or whatever. If you know, when at all, whenever possible, this week you want to start the players that you know for sure or go- are going to be there uh, and have been there all season, and they're strong players and all that sort of stuff. Because this is, you know, uh, it's a bad time to wake up and go, wait a minute, I haven't seen this guy uh, uh, on the field all, all game. He has yeah. zero tackles. You find out, and you find out he's on the bench cause they're, they're tinkering with things. Um, yeah. Cause we know we're, you we're used to that in the very last week of the season, which is now week 18, but it particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that does start to sneak up on us in the last two to three weeks. Um, another shift that's happening, although this is a good shift that's on the offensive side of the ball uh, with the recent offensive shift going on in Buffalo, what one where um, interim uh, OC Joe Brady is now using James cook more heavily in the run game. I think the chargers linebackers are going to be in for a long day. So I think, if you've got Kenneth Murray, if you've got Eric Kendricks, if you've got Derwin James, who basically functions as a linebacker, I think they're going to see a lot of of this uh, Bills running game. I think they're trying to rebuild their offense as a way more balanced attack and not just throw the entire weight of 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 the offense on. Um, you kind of like uh, like using uh, you know using Josh Allen as like a Superman. I think they're trying to balance that out, and I think they've had great results, particularly last game. I expect them to keep that rolling against a pretty bad defense of the Chargers. So start Kendrick, start Murray, start James if you got him. You know, and, and the the Bills could jump out to a very quick and large lead here, and if they do, that emphasizes a running game even more. So they could be really relying heavily on the run game, as they probably could run away with this game. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time. It's not. <sighs> believe it or not, it's not quite Christmas, folks. It's going to feel like it. But it's time to talk about injured reserves, maybe some suspensions. We have also we have we have no idea what Thomas has in his bag uh, and his his it's, nine shiny reindeer. It's a plethora of information. The injured reserve. There's three guys: um, defensive tackle Contavious Street on Atlanta pectoral muscle. Uh, defensive end Yannick uh, Ngakwe on Chicago broke his ankle, and defensive tackle DJ Reader. Uh, of Cincinnati on Saturday night tore his quadriceps, and then all three of them are done for the year on injury reserve. Now, the DeMonte Casey on Pittsburgh in that same Cincinnati-Pittsburgh Saturday night game was suspended for an illegal hit on Michael Pittman of Indianapolis. And then on Monday, the league turned around and suspended Casey for the rest of the season. He appealed it and lost the appeal, and the the suspension is upheld. So Casey is gone. Now, that's going to create an interesting problem in the Pittsburgh secondary, which I'll get to in a split second. Um, And that split second is now because 
the the players I'm about to list are three players that are out, one player that's doubtful, and then the rest are a boatload of questionables. The three players that are out are safety Micah Hyde on Buffalo, safety Minka Fitzpatrick on Pittsburgh, and safety Trenton Thompson on Pittsburgh are both out, as well as Casey being suspended for the rest of the season. So you got guys like Miles Killebrew and who knows who else is going to step into that safety position. I, I could see Pittsburgh rolling out four or five cornerbacks in one safety and then maybe even using uh, their four linebackers as much as possible. Cornerback uh, Dean Leonard on the Chargers is doubtful. He has an ankle and heel injury. He did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and was limited Thursday. Now, the rest of these players are all questionable going in. Uh, Most of them either did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday, did not practice on Thursday, or did not practice was limited, or limited practice all week. So far, these are players that you really have to pay attention to on Friday, and I'm just going to name them in their injury and move on. David Onimata on Atlanta, ankle, defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, Buffalo, ribs, defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips, Buffalo, wrist, uh, excuse me, Epinesa was ribs, defensive end, William Anderson, Jr., Houston, ankle, defensive end, Max Crosby, Las Vegas, knee, he didn't practice Thursday, but it's a Monday night game, most likely, won't practice Friday, will see limited practice Saturday, and will play on Monday, defensive end, Emmanuel Ogba, Miami, hamstring, defensive tackle, Harrison Phillips, Minnesota, back, Defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence, New York Giants, hamstring. Didn't practice on Thursday for a Monday night game. Defensive lineman, John Franklin Myers, um, the Jets, hip. Defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. And defensive tackle, Eric Armstead of the San Francisco 49ers. Hamstring and foot knee uh, did not practice Thursday for a uh, Monday game. Defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons on uh, Tennessee, knee injury. Defensive end, James Smith-Williams on Washington, hamstring. Moving on to linebackers, linebacker Bud Dupree on Atlanta has a back injury. He practiced in full on Wednesday, but then didn't practice Thursday, so that's a question mark and a red flag. Linebacker Anthony Walker Jr., Cleveland, um, he's another one with knee injury. Limited practice Wednesday and then did not practice Thursday. Linebacker Derek Barnes on Detroit shoulder. Linebacker Devondre Campbell on Green Bay with a neck injury. Now, there's been talk about Campbell and, and the fact that on social media he came out and said doesn't want to play anymore when he's hurt. And so the coaching staff has decided to, to let him not practice all week. Now, they haven't come out and said he won't play on Sunday, but there's a good, strong possibility that he won't be active uh, in week 16, and that could open the door for Isaiah McDuffie to come in and fill his spot. Be leery of that if, if uh, Campbell is inactive on uh, a game day. Linebacker Blake Cashman on Houston with a hamstring. Linebacker Nick Bolton on Kansas City has a wrist and an abdomen injury and has an illness, and he didn't practice today uh, or Thursday for a, a Monday game. Linebacker Jordan Hicks from Minnesota, we talked about him. He, he went on injured reserve with a shin. Well, they opened up his 21-day window, and he's practiced in full Wednesday and Thursday. So there's a possibility they could activate him or promote him to the active roster on Saturday before the 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline. If they do, that means he's going to play on, on game day. Linebacker Jelani Tavia, New England, with an ankle. 
uh, linebacker Zach Cunningham, Philadelphia knee, and linebacker Nicholas Morrow, Philadelphia abdomen. Linebacker Jake Gibbons, Tennessee, with a back. Now into the secondary we go. Cornerback Garrett Williams, Arizona knee. Safety Marcus Williams, Baltimore groin. Safety Juan Thornhill, Cleveland calf. Safety Malik Hooker, Dallas ankle. Cornerback Jerry Jacobs on Detroit hamstring. Safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Detroit, was on injured reserve with a pectoral muscle injury, and he had his 21-day window open, has been limited in practice Wednesday, Thursday, and there's most likely does not play this week. If he does, then, then as you mentioned, that's going to affect Brian Branch. Cornerback Jair Alexander-Green Bay shoulder. Safety Darnell Savage-Green Bay shoulder. Safety Jimmy Ward, uh, Houston concussion. Did not practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. I believe he's still in concussion protocol and has to pass a final test. Safety Andre Sisco, Jacksonville groins. Cornerback Tyson Campbell, Jacksonville quadriceps. Cornerback Xavier Howard, Miami hip. Uh, safety Javon Holland, Miami knee. And safety Deshaun Elliott, concussion in ribs. These all are in Miami. They've all were... Were, did not practice Wednesday for Howard and limited practice um, for him on Thursday. Javon Hall, uh, Holland has been limited Wednesday and Thursday, whereas Elliott was limited Wednesday, practiced in full Thursday. So all three of these guys could play come week 16. Byron Murphy, cornerback for Minnesota, knee. Cornerback Jonathan Jones, New England, knee. Safety Jabril Peppers, knee, hamstring. Excuse me, not a knee, hamstring. Cornerback Darius Slay, Philadelphia, knee. Cornerback Devon Witherspoon, Seattle, with a hip. Safety Jamal Adams on Seattle has been dealing with a knee injury, according to Coach Pete Carroll, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, so th- there's a possibility they don't play him this week. Cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting, Tennessee, with a hip, and safety Amani Hooker on Tennessee with a knee. Woo, we did it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm I'm going to follow the practice reports tomorrow, and obviously tomorrow night, late tomorrow night, I'll post my usual Discord, who's out, who's in. Um, who's questionable, and these are players that you're going to really have to pay strict attention to come game day with the inactive reports. And on um, Saturday and on Sunday, I will do my best to post the inactives for these games uh, before they happen. Yeah, and that's if you're a Fantasy Points premium subscriber, that's a huge uh, uh, help on Saturday to see all of those uh, uh, all those uh, inactives and or um, limited and uh, DMPs listed there for us. Uh, remember, everybody, that we've got, I think it's three days of games. We've got Saturday games, Sunday games, and Monday games all built around the, uh, the, the, the Christmas holiday season. So uh, make sure you are setting your lineups early and checking them often uh, because uh, the, with these games all spread out like this, it's really easy easy to get caught off guard and accidentally forget to set a, set your lineup on Saturday because there are games happening and we're so used to them all just happening on Sunday. Um, listen, if you've made it this far, 
as I said last week, it's even better this week. If you've made it this far, that means you're, you've made it to your semifinal round. Uh, we, so best of luck to you, and we hope we hear all of you guys. I hope all of you guys tune in next week uh, because you are set up for your championship round. Let's get some ships to end up in this uh, holiday season. Thomas, take us out. Well, good luck to everybody in your fantasy playoffs. Happy holidays to all, and be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 